Hello everyone, welcome to JTalk Extra Time. All of the J2 and J3 news from a very busy uh, midweek round of Golden Week action is coming up. Uh, later on, you're going to hear from Magic Mike Innes in JTalk Short Corner. He has all the J3 news from Wednesday and Thursday's games. But first of all, uh, I'm uh, back again, John Steele, to run you through the J2 action from Wednesday uh, of Golden Week. So that's around 13 in the second tier. Let's start at the top of the table with Machida's Elvia. They're still three points clear in first place. They won 1-0 away at Omiya Ardija on Wednesday afternoon, thanks to a goal from an ex-Omiya defender. In the 16th minute, some dozy Omiya defending allowed Masayuki Okuyama to play in Hijiri Onaga on the right-hand side of the penalty area, and the former Omiya man passed the ball low into the bottom corner to make it 1-0 to Machida. In the second half, Omiya did their best to rally, and they had a golden chance to equalise from the penalty spot, about 20 minutes from full-time. Machida's keeper, William Pope, brought down Keisuke Moroi inside the penalty area for the spot kick, but Pope redeemed himself by diving smartly to his left to save the penalty from Angelotti. So the full-time score at the NAC 5 was Omiya nil. Machida won. Uh, Machida stay three points clear at the top, as mentioned. For Omiya, that's now five straight defeats, and they've slumped down to 19th place in the table. In second place, Nagasaki are hot on Machida's heels after a fifth successive victory, this time a thumping 4-0 success at home to Mito. Things could have been different, perhaps, as Mito nearly took the lead in this game in the 20th minute, Ren Inoue hitting the outside of the post for the visitors from about 20 yards. But Nagasaki went in front in the 39th minute here, Kazuki Kushibiki heading in Clayson's cross for the fourth goal of a very productive season for the defender. Before the interval, it was 2-0 to Nagasaki. Mito failed to clear their lines following a long Nagasaki throw-in and the ball dropped kindly on the penalty spot for Masaru Kato to drill a low shot into the back of the net. Into the second half, and Fabio Carile's men made the point safe with a third goal in the 66th minute. Uh, on a swift counter-attack, Juanma Delgado set up Clayson to fire in off the post from just inside the penalty area. And there was even time for the evergreen Cristiano to add a fourth goal for Nagasaki, he was played through by Clayson with a clever pass from inside the Nagasaki half and uh, the Brazilian winger fired low into the goalkeeper's bottom right-hand corner uh, to cap off a comprehensive win for Nagasaki. By the way, Mito's goalkeeper Ryusei Haruna was making his debut uh, in this game uh, in the J-League. That's because regular goalkeeper Louis Yamaguchi is out for a while with an injury. I think he dislocated his shoulder in training uh, a few weeks ago. So... 4-0, um, Nagasaki 1 against Mito, that's the full-time score. Nagasaki 4, Mito 0. Mito have three defeats from their last four games. They're in 18th place in the table, and they also have the worst record for goals conceded in J2 at the moment. Oita Trinita are back up to third. They ended their run of three straight defeats in pretty fine style, winning 2-0 away at Fujieda on Wednesday afternoon. Oita took the lead in the 28th minute when Kohei Isa headed in a deep right-wing cross from Katsunori Uebisu. Uh, I think the final touch was from a Fujieda defender, Keisuke Ogasawara, but uh, Isa is uh, claiming the goal and I think he's been allowed to keep it. Fujieda nearly got back on level terms before half-time when J2's top scorer, Ryo Watanabe, rattled the post from about 20 yards. 
and this game was in the balance really until the 85th minute when the visitors doubled their lead. Masaki Yumiba arrived on the penalty spot unmarked to head home a left-wing cross from Naoki Nomura to uh, seal the win and make the final score Fujieda nil, Oita 2. Oita are a point behind second place Nagasaki, while Fujieda dropped down slightly to 8th. Um, this was their first defeat in six matches. Elsewhere in J2 on Wednesday afternoon, despite a Golden Week boosted crowd of 14,702 inside Ajinomoto Stadium, fourth place Tokyo Verdi couldn't find a way through against their opponents, uh, 11th placed Iwata. The Iwata goal led a charmed life midway through the first half when a free kick from Mario Engels led to a Verdi player heading the ball against the post and Iwata goalkeeper Ryuki Mura then did brilliantly to tip a follow-up effort onto the crossbar from point-blank range. And right at the death, Iwata escaped again when Ricardo Grassa made a superb goal-line clearance to protect his side's hard-earned point. So in the capital, it finished Tokyo Verdi nil. Iwata nil, and it's taken some time, but uh, Vanfare Kofu finally uh, have got back into their preferred spot in the league table. Fifth place, this is after their third win in four matches, and their third 1-0 home win in a row. Uh, this time their victims were Iwaki, and it finished Kofu 1, Iwaki nil at the JIT Recycling Stadium. Peter Utaka got the crucial goal for Kofu six minutes before half-time in this game. But in the 31st minute, Kofu's task was made much easier by a straight red card for Iwaki defender Ryo Endo. With Utaka about to go clean through, Endo, who was the last defender, lunged to tackle him, and with minimal, or possibly not even any, contact, Utaka went down and Endo was duly sent off. After that red card, eight minutes later, Utaka headed Nagi Matsumoto's cross in off the post to make it 1-0 to the home side. And that's how the game finished. Kofu won, Iwaki nil. Three defeats in a row for Iwaki, and they're down in 20th place now, just a point above the relegation zone. Gunma are still holding on to 6th place despite defeat against Kumamoto at the Egao Kenko Stadium in midweek. The final score was Kumamoto 2, Gunma nil. The high-flying visitors, uh, Gunma, nearly went ahead in the 20th minute here, but Kumamoto's keeper Ryuga Tashiro was alert at his near post to keep out a header from Hiroto Hatao. Kumamoto then went in front with a well-worked goal just before half-time. Rei Hirakawa traded passes with Shuhei Kamimura inside the Gunma penalty area, and then Hirakawa was able to pick his spot to score from 10 yards. After that, the game was pretty finely poised, and Gunma wasted a couple of good chances to equalise late on, but eventually Kumamoto made the point safe with a thunderous strike from Shohei Aihara in the 93rd minute. He lashed the ball into the top corner from about 14 yards after Yuki Omoto had found him with a ball into the penalty area on the right. So it finished Kumamoto 2, Gunma nil, a first win in five matches for Kumamoto, and they're in 12th place in the table. Let's turn our attentions to the other end of the table now, and bottom side Tokushima went agonisingly close to picking up their second win in five days, but conceded a 93rd minute equaliser at home to Shimizu. The final score was Tokushima 1, Shimizu 1. 
Tokushima went in front in this game with a well-worked free-kick routine in the 40th minute with Yoichiro Kakitani's deep ball into the penalty area, finding defender Takashi Abe, who controlled the ball and then poked it past Shuichi Gonda from close range to make it Tokushima 1, Shimizu 0. The visitors, though, seemed to be getting closer and closer to an equaliser as the second half went on, and it eventually came in the 93rd minute. Yuta Kamiya's corner was flicked on at the near post for Yoshinori Suzuki to fire in from six yards. So Tokushima won. Shimizu won was the final score. Tokushima will, of course, be disappointed, but on the positive side, they're now unbeaten in their last three matches. Shimizu sit ninth in the table after 13 rounds, and their winning streak ends at three games. Montelio Yamagata a level on points with Tokushima in the relegation zone and just a single goal better off on goal difference. This is after they lost 2-0 away at Okayama on Wednesday. This game was goalless at half-time, although Hiroki Noda had hit the outside of the post with an early header for Yamagata and at the other end Stefan Mork blazed wildly over with the goal at his mercy but Okayama took control of the game with two goals in the space of three minutes at the start of the second half. First of all, Taishi Semba put the home side in front with a superb dipping shot from just inside the penalty area. This is after controlling the ball uh, brilliantly on his chest. And just three minutes later, Solomon Sakuragawa rose highest to head in a left-wing cross from Kodai Sano to make it 2-0. And that's how the game finished at City Light Stadium. It was Okayama 2, Yamagata 0 at full time. Okayama are up to 7th place in the table and just a point outside the playoff zone. In Yamaguchi's home game against Jeff Chiba, it looked like Yamaguchi had done enough to win the game 1-0 after Yusuke Minagawa put them in front in the 71st minute. He managed to get on the end of a low near post cross from Seigo Kobayashi that somehow looped up and over the Jeff goalkeeper Shota Arai to make it 1-0 to the hosts. But Jeff drew level in the very last minute. Koya Kazama picked out veteran Koki Yonekura inside the Yamaguchi penalty area. And after taking a touch to control the ball, Yonekura lashed a fierce drive into the roof of the net from about 14 yards. After that equaliser, Jeff had enough chances to go on and win the game in stoppage time. Yamaguchi goalkeeper Daisuke Yoshimitsu had to make two smart reaction saves. And then with virtually the last kick of the match... Jeff striker Keita Buanika crashed an acrobatic effort against the frame of the goal, but Jeff couldn't find a second goal, and it finished Yamaguchi 1, Jeff Chiba 1. Both of these sides sit uh, on 14 points in the table after 13 games, 4 points clear of the relegation zone in 16th and 17th place, respectively. Just above Yamaguchi and Jeff Chiba are Tochigi. They're up to 15th place after doing a demolition job on Kanazawa, who are 14th. The full-time score at Kanseki Stadium was Tochigi 4, Kanazawa 0. The home side took the lead in the 5th minute here when Yuto Yamada got on the end of Kenta Fukumori's left-wing cross to score from about 6 yards. Then, early on in the second half, some poor Kanazawa defending allowed Tochigi to score twice in two minutes. In the 47th minute, with the entire Kanazawa defence, plus their goalkeeper Kojiro Nakano, expecting a cross 
Shaw Omori went direct for goal from a free kick at the near post and managed to squeeze the ball uh, into the net between the goalkeeper and the post for 2-0. Shortly after that, veteran striker Kisho Yano made it 3-0 with a free header from a right-wing cross from Hayato Fukushima. And there was still time for Tochigi to hit the post with a header from another free kick. And from yet another set-piece, yet another free kick, Omori's chip delivery caused chaos in the Kanazawa penalty area. Ko Miyazaki's header ended up hitting the post, which bamboozled goalkeeper Nakano, and then Sho Sato was uh, free on the goal line to chest the ball into the net from less than one yard. So a stunning win for Tochigi, and uh, quite a chastening uh, afternoon at the office for Kanazawa. Uh, in the end, the final score was Tochigi 4, Kanazawa nil. And finally, last but definitely not least, uh, from the J2 Round 13 fixtures, there was plenty of entertainment in the Tohoku Derby at Yurtek Stadium, where it finished Sendai 2, Akita 2. In this game, Akita took the lead with a superb goal in the 8th minute. Shota Aoki showed great vision to lay off Takuma Mizutani's left-wing cross into the path of Ryuji Saito, and he drilled the ball in at the near post to give the visitors an early lead at 1-0. After that, only some excellent Sendai defending prevented Tomofumi Fujiyama from making it 2-0 to the visitors, but Sendai equalised six minutes before half-time when Ryoma Kida's ball across the penalty area was perfect for Ryonosuke Sagara to fire into the roof of the net from about 12 yards. Into the second half, and it seemed like Sendai were the more likely to go in front, Akita's keeper Kentaro Kakoi made an excellent save from a Sendai header and their Brazilian midfielder Everton somehow put the ball over the crossbar when it looked easier to hit the target. But there was a twist in the 82nd minute as Akita went back in front. Yosuke Mikami's low ball into the Sendai penalty area was cleverly backheeled away from the Sendai goalkeeper by Shion Niwa and that allowed Saito to steal in to score his and Akita's second goal. Sendai then uh, went for broke, and they thought they'd made it 2-2 in stoppage time, when Foginho controlled the ball and fired into the bottom corner, but his goal was correctly ruled out for offside. But then, uh, one more twist in the tail, in the 93rd minute, Foginho again nodded down a high ball to the edge of the six-yard box, and Masahiro Sugata was on hand to volley the ball in to make it Sendai 2, Akita 2 at full time. A, a thrilling finish and uh, yeah, probably the best game entertainment-wise um, from the, the round 13 fixtures. In the table, Sendai are in 13th place with Akita 10th. Just before I hand you over to Mike Innes for all the J3 news in JTalk Short Corner, we can take a quick uh, look at the round 14 J2 fixtures that are coming up. Uh, all of these games, all 11 fixtures will be played on Sunday, uh, May the 7th. There's a single game at 1pm. It's uh, Kumamoto at home to Kofu, so 5th place visiting 12th. And uh, as usual for this time of year, the bulk of the games are at 2pm on Sunday. So we have Akita hosting Tochigi, uh, Yamagata against Fujieda, 6th place Gunma hosts 17th placed Yamaguchi. And there's a big game at the bottom as Omiya welcome Tokushima to the NAC 5 Stadium. That's 19th place Omiya on a run of 5 straight defeats hosting the bottom side, Tokushima, who are three games unbeaten. So uh, if Tokushima can uh, can get a result from that game, that will pile even more pressure on Naoki Soma, the, uh, the Omiya boss. 
Other games at 2pm on Sunday are Machida, the leaders, hosting 7th place and their inform Okayama. That could be an interesting game. Uh, Shimizu uh, host Iwaki, that's 9th place against 20th. 3rd placed Oita uh, host 14th placed Kanazawa. And there's a big game at the Transcosmos Stadium where it's 2nd against 4th. Vivar and Nagasaki on that stunning run of five straight wins hosting fourth place Tokyo Verdi and um, that's probably the game to watch at the top of the table this weekend. Then at 3pm on Sunday uh, Mito host Sendai that's 18th place hosting 13th and the match day rounds off with a 7pm kickoff at Fukuridenshi Arena it's Jeff Chiba hosting Iwata so 16th place hosting 11th I think for my money, if you're looking for one game to watch at the bottom of the table, it has to be Omiya against Tokushima. Uh, but if you're more interested in the battle at the, the top, the automatic promotion and the playoff places, I think Nagasaki against Tokyo Verdi, second versus fourth, uh, is probably uh, probably a game to keep an eye on. Okay, now that I've jinxed uh, at least a couple of the big fixtures from the J2 weekend, um, I'm going to leave things here, and uh, after a quick hit of music, Magic Mike Innes uh, has the roundup from a very busy uh, J3 midweek for you as well. Thanks as always uh, for listening and downloading the pod, whether it's uh, JTET or, or, or the big JTalk podcast. We really appreciate that support, and uh, especially if you support us uh, on Patreon as well. We uh, we, we take that uh, very seriously, and we're, we're very happy uh, to have your support there as well. But um, yeah, enjoy your J2 football this weekend, but uh, please stay tuned. Here comes Mike Innes. He's got the J3 lowdown in JTalk short corner. JTalk Extra Time. Hello everyone and welcome to J Talk Short Corner, the mini pod that keeps you up to date with events in J3 of the J League. I'm your host Mike Innes and in this brief episode I'll be taking a quick look back at the results in round 9 of the J3 season as well as previewing the finals of the local Emperor's Cup qualifying tournaments coming up this weekend. There were seven games on Wednesday the 3rd of May. Comfortable home win for high-flying Nana Club. They beat Tegavajano Miyazaki 3-0. A first-minute own goal by Hikaru Manabe and Wataru Iseheda had them two up at half-time. Megumu Nishida's right foot finish from a Hayato Asakawa setup rounded off the scoring. Remaining level on points with Nana are Ehime FC, 2-1 winners at Azul Claro Numazu. Shunsuke Motegi's first of the season put the mighty Mikans ahead. Azul Claro drew level when Hagami Wada took advantage of a sleepy defence. Teenage substitute Toki Yukutomo sealed the win late on, finishing off a good team move. This game made the news for unhappy reasons as NHK described that in celebrations following what turned out to be Ehime's winning goal, a stadium fence collapsed, resulting in more than 10 visiting supporters falling about one and a half metres to the ground below, one sustaining broken cheekbones, wishing a speedy recovery to all those involved. 
AC Nagano Parseiro put behind them their shock defeat at the weekend, winning 4-1 at Iwate Guruja Morioka. Two from Kohei Shin, one from Naoki Sanda, and a Tsuyoshi Miyaichi own goal populated the score sheet for Nagano, aided by a very generous Iwate defence. Toy Kagami's 20-yard curler for the home side, nevertheless the pick of the bunch. Poor defending also proved decisive at Matsumoto Yamaga, 1-0 home winners over FC Osaka, whose Shunsuke Tachino backed off and backed off and backed off and then fell over, allowing Yusuke Kikui plenty of space to score the only goal with 16 minutes left. Sure, Fukuda demonstrated what confidence can do for a striker. He followed up his two goals at the weekend with another pair for YSCC Yokohama at FC Gifu. Yuya Taguchi pulled one back with a penalty, but it ended Gifu 1, YSCC 2. The visitors skyrocket to 15th. Gifu drop into the bottom three. Gainare Tottori went to FC Ryukyu and picked up their first win since round two. On loan, Taku Ushinohama scored his first and second goals for Gainare, and Yuta Togashi was also on target against his old club. With Katsuya Nakano having scored for the home side, the game was heading for 3-1, but Ryunosuke Noda added a further consolation late on, and it finished Ryukyu 2, Totori 3. And to the surprise of no one, Fukushima United against Kamatamari Sanuki ended goalless. Then on Thursday the 4th, leaders at the start of the round, Katane Toyama, were held to a 1-1 draw at struggling SC Sagamihara. The home side took an early lead via a 25-yard screamer from Ryo Yoshitake. Katane equalised with 21 minutes left when Shunta Takahashi was allowed space to head in Ryuya Ohata's cross, Takahashi's sixth of the season. Kagoshima United move back into the top six following a 2-0 home win over Ginamance Kitakyushu. Eight minutes before the break, Jin Hanato scrambled the loose ball over the line for his third in four games. Koki Aditas' close-range finish late on clinched the points. As for Kitakyushu, they had rookie Rinpei Okano sent off and sink to the foot of the table. Finally, Fans of FC Imabari must be thanking the good lord for Kazaki Nakagawa, who in the absence of Dudu and Marcus Vinicius, returned to the team for the first time since round two following injury, and scored the only goal of the game at Vanrare Hachinohe, a bundled finish on the hour, and a first defeat since the opening day for Vanrare. So now to run through the top and bottom of the league standings after round nine. The top six are Nana and Ehime with 18 points, Nagano and Toyama with 17, Matsumoto and Kagoshima 15. At the other end of the table, the bottom six are YSCC, Osaka and Miyazaki with nine points, Gifu with eight, Sagamihana, 7, 
And bottom of the pile with six, Kitakushi. Over the weekend of the 6th and 7th of May, there's a break in the league schedule, but 18 J3 clubs will be taking part in knockout tournaments, the winners of which represent their home prefectures in the Emperor's Cup first round proper. Tottori and Kitakushu have already qualified. This weekend, we wrap up the prefectural finals. Just one tie on Saturday the 6th, Gifu play Gifu Shotoku Gakuen University. Then on Sunday the 7th, there's a trio of all J3 ties. YSCC against Sagamihana, Matsumoto against Nagano, and Ehime against Imabari. Elsewhere on Sunday, Hachinohe play Brandyu Hirosaki. Iwate play FC Ganju Iwate. Fukushima play Higashi Nippon International University. Toyama play Toyama Shinjo Club. Numazu play Tokoha University. Nara play Asaka FC. Osaka play Kansai University. Sanuki play Tadotsu FC. Miyazaki play Minebea Mitsumi FC, formerly known as Honda Lock. Kagoshima play Kanoya Taiku Daigaku, one of the innumerable teams based at the National Institute of Fitness and Sports. And finally, Ryukyu play Okinawa SV. With all the week's business seen to then, that's it for this mini-pod. All that remains is for me to say... Thanks for listening, enjoy your football, and see you next time. Bye for now.